Today, we share a moment of silence to my brothers and sisters in arms who sacrificed their lives for the freedoms of this country. We thank you, we remember you, and we remember those you left behind. Thank you. And then one day, um, my body just started to shut, shut down. I started to see little signs, but I didn't know what they were. Um, and then eventually I um, got so burned out that I had to go on short-term disability. Wow, wow. And so that's really where this comes from. And so because I'm not independently wealthy, I had to figure out how I was gonna go back to work when these days ran out. And um, that's where self-care came in. languages do you speak? One, two, four? I know how to teach you how to speak four languages. Now I know you're probably thinking, what languages can she teach me? Maybe English, Spanish. I think Japanese is really cool. Mandarin. But no, these languages that I want to teach you are languages that are going to make you effective in your business and marketing, even in how you lead and support the people that you're around. It'll help you have effective relationships and realize how to really motivate and inspire people and talk to them in a way to get them excited. I want you to schedule a consultation with me at info at AishaThomas.org. If you're a leader of a team, if you have a team that is having issues with conflict, if you're an individual just trying to take your business to the next level or your relationships to the next level, you need this tool because it's going to be so effective that you're going to see the transformation that happens around you. So schedule a consultation with me at info at AishaThomas.org or go to AishaThomas.org, scroll down to the bottom and click on that link for individual consultation. And let's get started on transforming your communication, collaboration, and reducing the conflict that you might face. What's up, guys? Thank you for joining me on another episode of Internal Fire. And today we're going to be talking about leading with self-care. And no, I'm not talking about your nails done. No, I'm not talking about getting a massage, but it's a lot deeper than that. And today we have a special guest, a stress management expert, a self-care advocate. And on part one of this episode, Aisha Moore Hughes is going to provide you with those tools and those strategies to really understand what self-care is and applicable steps that you can add in your daily routine, your weekly routine, your monthly routine to ensure that you're caring for yourself just as much as you care for other people. So as always, get your notepads, get your palm pilots, get all those note-taking materials and let's get in today's message. So Aisha Moore is a stress management expert, self-care advocate, and what she does is she helps professional women, women avoid being overwhelmed and find time for consistent self-care. Aisha, thank you so much for hopping on today. How are you doing? How are you doing? How, and, and, and I've been asking a lot of people hopping on, how has COVID-19 affected you, you know, in this season mm-hmm. and even the transition, how has it affected you? Well, first, thank you so much for having me. I I was happy to accept the invitation and I'm doing well. And I really think it's going to have to do with what we're going to talk about today and how self-care can help you remain resilient 
And over the, the first couple of weeks were a little stressful as we we're all trying to figure out losing sleep and things of that nature. But I was quickly able to identify the signs that I was stressed um, out and that I could pull back very quickly and get back to my routine. That's awesome. That's awesome. So let's really kind of go back and talk about, you know, even for you, what made you get into this space of self-care and really supporting professional women in this space? Was it something personal that you experienced, but what exactly brought you into this space of being that self-care advocate? So it came from personal experience and it, it came from something that was supposed to be a dream. I could you know, we talk about speaking things into existence. And I kept telling people on the jobs I had previously that I was ready to be a manager, but ready to be a manager, but that position didn't exist. It exists. And so my old job called me a job from like three jobs ago and said, Oh, we have a director position for you. So I'm like, yes, you know, I spoke it. I got more than what I spoke. And, um, and that's all I needed was for them to offer me this position. Um, I looked at it. I, I didn't feel like it was quite the right fit, but I went ahead and rose to the challenge. Well, this was more challenge than I had ever imagined. It came with a, um, a wonderful, awesome team, but a client who didn't really have boundaries, a client who really liked to push, and um, therefore I was accessible to him at all times. And the pace of the work was very different. It felt a lot more like a newsroom where we had daily deliverables. So there was never this season of like, okay, we're gonna you know, run hard during the season because we're gonna get a break. And every time I thought we would get a break, it never happened. Even one time the Obama White House called when I thought I was about to get a break, right? And so I had this false concept that I could um, be available all the time, work both in East Coast and West Coast day because I had staff on the West Coast. So they would be like, we're going home and I'm still working. <laughs> and I started on East Coast hours and I would always wait for these breaks to happen, but no, the breaks never came. Um, they never came. And then one day um, my body just started to sh shut down. I started to see little signs, but I didn't know what they were. Um, and then eventually I um, got so burned out that I had to go on short-term disability. Wow. Wow. And so that's really where this comes from. And so because I'm not independently wealthy, I had to figure out how I was going to go back to work when these days ran out. And um, that's where self-care came in because I needed to feel better, but I also needed that paycheck. So I had to figure out, you know, we had to get it together and be like, okay, you yeah, know, how are we going yeah. to like get back to where we were and thrive again? Yeah. And, and that's something I've struggled with in the past before. I mean, I, I've worked in a space where I've been, um, it's been understaffed. Um, the amount of roles and responsibilities within that organization was, it was in the season, you know, a lot of people that listen on this podcast know that I'm in the military. So this was a season where there are a lot of cuts within the military. They cut so many positions. So now a lot of organizations and um, sections that were once maybe three to four people deep now became one to two people deep. So now our workload doubled. What we had to do was so much more stressful. And then this also added stress to our leaders, you know, the CEO equivalents within the organization. So now it's like extra pressure on us. So I find myself, even as a single mom, trying to find ways to take my laptop home, finding ways to skip lunches. I started, I, I even now have to get used to getting 
up and going outside to go take my lunch. I'm normally at my desk eating my lunch, even now when I don't need to, but it's like the level of wiring that I had because I had so much work to do. And I think that is important that we kind of start to find ways to disconnect and not allow it to get to the point where we are, we're so overworked that now our health are, is affected. So what was the process for you transitioning from, you know, short-term disability back into the workspace? Like what is it that you learned in that season? What was it at during that time for specifically for that story that um, you had to start applying as you transitioned back into the workspace after being out because you were so stressed, because you were so overwhelmed? Mm -hmm. So how that worked for me was that um, part of going through burnout caused me to have anxiety. And it really had caused me to have a um, very poor outlook on life because I was so exhausted. Like I could not even, I couldn't even walk to the corner. I could, I could barely stand in line at the pharmacy to get the, pick up my medications because this guy, I went from zero medications to six medications during this period to control all of the things that I was feeling around exhaust, exhaustion, nausea, headaches. I couldn't sleep. I um, was starting to get anxiety. My hands would shake all the time and I couldn't, I didn't even have the energy to really go to the pharmacy. So now I had to get on the Metro in DC and take myself to Virginia every day. And I had to figure out, you know, how I was going to do that. So the first thing I started to do was really retap into my spirituality so that I could remember that something good was going to come out of this so that I could remember that I, I, I could remember that I was going to get through the day. I had to remember that, you know, I was always afraid that I was going to pass out somewhere or have a panic attack somewhere, but I had to remember that th that's happened before and everything's going to be okay. So I really had to work on my mindset. So I started waking up three hours earlier than I used to, because I was very much that person who, because of my long days, I woke up at the last minute that I could wake up you know, do the minimum things and got out the door, but that wasn't going to work for me because when I was trying to do that, I actually tried to transition back to work several times and I either didn't make it there or by the time I got to my desk, I was like, oh, I gotta go. I don't feel well. And so I was like, okay, so however long it takes me to be mentally ready to walk out this door to go to work and stay, because that's how basic my goals were. My goal was just to stay at work all day. I didn't care if I accomplished nothing that day. The, for the first month or so, I just needed to get there. And so I did a lot of reading of books that helped inspire me to remind me that like I was going to be okay. It was going to be okay. Um, and then a lot of music because I, I really felt like um, our subconscious is always running and telling us the worst. Our, we have to, we have to um, really force ourselves to imagine a positive future, a good future, because the default, that subconscious is like, girl, it's not going to work. You're going to be sick anyway. You should just stay home. Um, you should Google and find some kind of ailment so you can never go back to work. You know, that kind of thing. This is what my brain is telling me. So I was listening to music, reading books, journaling, journaling and just really trying to find a spiritual community to connect with because I needed that positivity in my life. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And I mean, there's people that they're still struggling with, you know, making those adjustments. So even with you working with, um, you know, uh, professional women, what are the common things or what are the common trends that you're hearing in regards to why they can't self, why they can't practice self-care or why it's so hard for them to disconnect from the workspace and put themselves first? 
Yeah, so really it, it comes from a couple of different places. So there's that thing with women about being needed and wanting to be helpful. So that is a way that um, society nurtures us, right? So there's like the nature versus nurture. So that's one of the things that we're nurtured to do, right? And so as a result, we haven't, we don't figure out, okay, so if I'm going to help other people, what actual resources do I have to do that? When I say resources, I mean personal resources. What actual time and energy do I have? So often people will just say yes, and then they'll say yes to the next person. It's like a buffet, right? They're like, okay, yes to you, yes to you, yes to you. And the next thing you know, they have this buffet plate that's full of stuff, stuff falling, falling off of it. And then they get to the end, you're like, and the thing that they, the goal or the dream they really had was at the end of the buffet and now they don't have room for it. So they either have to put that whole plate down and get another plate um, to do that. And that's what we won't do. We won't put down that full plate. We just let it keep overflowing, overflowing with a lot of obligations that are either old obligations or things that we don't even want to do, but we feel like we have to really hold on and say yes to everything because if we don't, we sometimes people feel like that could be problematic. Saying no is problematic. It'll upset other people. So we look more to what other people think in these situations instead of what's best for me and have and deciding is this thing gonna move me towards my goal, towards my dreams or away from, and a lot of times we say yes to things that are actually moving us away from where we want to go in the first place. Wow, that's powerful. I mean, some people don't realize, like I had a client recently that I've been working on that specifically, the power of saying no, you don't have to necessarily always have an explanation. And I love that because you, a lot of people think, think that saying yes is going to, like, I don't know, push them forward, not realize it is, that it is pushing them backwards. And I loved how you, you know, uh, connected that to a buffet plate because it, it is kind of like overflowing. And like, by the end of it, you're full, you know, have time to focus on your goals or focus on the things that's going to benefit you. Um, so I, I love that, that, that connection. And it is important that people say no. Um, what was, when you did go back, like, what was your process in saying no? Like, was it hard for you to say no, even after you got back? Or was that experience like good enough for you to be like, listen, boundaries are there. I'm not going to say no. Because again, I've had that fear of saying no, because I don't want to look bad. I don't want it to hinder my career because ultimately I have bills to pay. Like I'm trying to get to a certain level in my business or I'm trying to get to a certain level within my career, my military career. So um, in, in the area of saying no, like what was something that helps you in that process of saying no for the people out there that might be struggling with, I want to put myself first. I know that I'm like one, you know, one hour away from snapping, but I'm having a hard time saying no because I think it's going to affect this. Don't go anywhere. Stay right here for the other half of this message. That'll be back to you in one second. What's up, guys? I wanted to personally invite you to my free coaching sessions that I have for you every week. If you're a business leader, if you're trying to build up a team, maybe you lead in an organization or a business, and you're just trying to figure out some strategies of how to be more effective with your communication. Maybe you're a new entrepreneur or you're trying to become an entrepreneur and you just need some strategies to be an effective leader in how you brand, how you do all the things that come with managing a business. You need to utilize these resources. So go to my website. AishaThomas.org under the resources page and get all these details. Also, 
You can get leadership tips right to your cell phone by subscribing to my text community. All you have to do is text the letter A plus, A P L U S, to 31996. Again, that's A plus to 31996 and get leadership tips right to your phone. I don't know what you're waiting for, but I'm here to support you. I'm here to help you get to the next level. You can do it. I'm a single mom, I have a full time job, and in every aspect, even at home, I have to be effective as a leader. So let me help you, let me guide you. Make sure you go to my page, AishaThomas.org, under those resources tabs and get the tools that you need so I can help you take things to the next level. See you soon. Mm -hmm. So I want to point to one thing you just said about snapping. So that if you're feeling that way, you're like close to burnout, right? Because you can be like cynicism comes in. You can be moody, not like yourself. I remember one day um, my nicest, nicest coworker who has been like a mother to me for 20 years. I like snapped on her. And then I had to, I called my boss and I said, I have to take tomorrow off <laughs> because if I'm snapping on her, this really is um, a problem, right? So it was like, that was, one of, um, that, that was one of the signs. So when I got back to work, you know, I come in and I was actually demoted. They were like, you are not the director anymore. They no. gave me some other little title. I don't know what it was, associate or something like that. So I was like, Ooh, cringing, wow. you know, yeah. like here I am. I, you know, I gave my all to this, got burned out, got sick, and now I'm demoted. So I hang on the phone and then I call my boss back. I said, and she tells me, okay, now you have these five things you have to do. So I'm like, okay, I had 15 before. Now I only have these five. And so do I make the same amount of money? She said, yes. I was like, well, all right, <laughs> we're going to work <laughs> 8 30 to 5 30. That is it. So, um, so that was part of it was like to first, get rid of some responsibilities that I really didn't need to have on my plate. They just, you know, someone designed the plate that way and we never kind of looked at it. So I would say definitely one of the things is to just take some stock and say, okay, is this even possible? Because a lot of times all you have to do is add up the meetings that you have and then you realize that the actual tasks are not possible in any in any like kind of sensible time frame because when do you actually do the work, right? Um, and so we shouldn't just want to do it at night. So then, so I, so I kind of started to look at um, how much was on my plate. I'm also very community oriented. So I was actually on four different community boards. And at the time, I just thought of them as volunteer positions, but they were really other little part-time jobs. I had responsibilities for, we might be having a conference or we might be um, doing a community event. And so I didn't count all of that as well as things that needed to be done. So when you combine a job that has, you know, more than 12 hours a day, um, almost every night after work, I'd go to some kind of community meeting. And so really had to look at, okay, so where's the time? So I, I really had to map out those 168 hours that we have in the week to realize there was no way I was ever going to be able to do all these things, whether at work, outside of work. And then um, all of the new self-care ideas that were coming to my head that I thought would help, I need to make space for, for them as well. So that was like the first thing was to really, really take control of my time and really connect that to what I wanted. So before I said, and earlier in the story, I said I wanted to be a manager and I got the director position. Now, I never said, I never ever spoke of manager of what, of how many people, 
of what type of project or program with what kind of hours with what kind of setting none of that was very wow. very detailed yeah right so i got the titles right so i spoke it got the title and more but i didn't speak whatever i didn't speak all the little parameters right so it was mm-hmm. like well i gave you what you wanted you got what you wanted but because i was not very clear when the opportunity was presented to me i had not i had no rubric nothing to judge it against other than the title and so wow. that's also what i learned from that as well was okay um, eventually, at, I was going to have to take on more responsibility at work at some point. But at this point, I was just working to see, okay, so what is it that I really want outside of this title? So that way, as opportunities were presented to me, I could make a better decision. And I really just figured out, figured like the worst of the worst was that I would be out of a job anyway. So I tried to I wait long enough to get to the point where I was actually able presented with a um another a different project that was right in line with what I had started to envision. Wow, that's that's really important. I hope you guys paid attention to that. You know, a few things that I got away from what you talked about is that uh, when you have those moments of breakdowns, the company, the organization you work for, they'll move on. I mean, you can hear that she got back and she was demoted. Like, and I think sometimes people work, um, you know, work to the bone, work hard. And unfortunately, if you think about a business, I mean, they, they're like, okay, we have to, business has to continue to run. So what adjustments and shifts do we have to make? So sometimes we burn ourselves out so much and then we get back and we feel like, hey, why weren't you loyal to me? But you know, a lot of these organizations and businesses or these um, roles that you have, if something does happen, it's going to have to, or they're going to continue regardless. They're not necessarily always going to hold that position for you. Um, also, I think it was so, I mean, that was, that was powerful because when you do think about the title, you don't think about what comes with it. You don't think about the hours. I tell a lot of the young people that are in the transition from um, going into college or sometimes as ROTC students, I always, always ask them why they decided to join that branch of military. And they'll say, oh, because my family member did it. And I'm like, well, but why? Like, I need you to tell me why you want to do it. Have you considered what comes with it? Are you going to be away from family? Do you want to have a family? Do you want to travel? All those different things we don't think about. We just think about the title and how great it's going to look, but we don't realize the responsibility behind it. Even women in the military, a lot of them say, I don't want to make it to the top rank of um, the enlisted corps, which is chief master sergeant, because being a chief comes with so many different things. As, and if you have a family and you have to travel a lot, that might not work. So I think it's important that you guys take away, ask yourself what comes with it, even the community tasks that you want to do. Same thing with that same client I've been working with. I told her and I asked her, I'm like, what comes along with these roles that you're doing? Yes, it's for a community. But even for me, I was doing things at church. I was working in my business. I was working at home. I was a single parent and I had to let some things go. So even if you're serving on the outside and helping the community, that might be too much. That can still add to your burnt out. So you have to have those limitations and ask those questions. What comes along with this? So I, that's, that's so, 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 so important that I want you guys to take away. Now, when did you decide to transition and take all that you learned and transition into being a self-care advocate? What, what was that shift where you were like, you know what, I think I want to make this into something I do for my business to help other people in, um, if they do run into these same um, issues that I've had in the past? So sometimes the bad comes with a little bit of good. So that position that burned me out 
um, was something that I was able to learn a lot from. It was a directing a large government social media and communications program, which I had not done before. And so in those three or four years when I was in the position, I learned all about Twitter, Facebook blogs and apps and all these things and would often have to blog for that site, but not under my own name. It was always under the site's name or we were ghostwriting for someone, but I knew how to run a communications machine. And so I just, people started, people started noticing a difference in me. Like most of my friends didn't know what was going on because I didn't know. I just, they just noticed I wasn't hanging out anymore, but I couldn't tell them why, because I actually didn't know. I was just, I just didn't have the energy to do that. And so people just started noticing that I was different. So people were asking me like, what are you doing? You seem like you have so much more energy. You're so much more focused. You're so, much, you're so sharp. And so I just started writing this email to different people about my morning routine, my night routine, all these different things. And so after I sent the email so many times, I was like, okay, you need to start writing a blog and kind of chronicling what you're doing um, so that you can talk to more than one person at a time. So I started out with a blog and then I met up um, with an old colleague who had also been a part of that program. He had already moved on and I told him what was going on and he was like, you should be a public speaker. I know this woman who trains public speakers. We're going to her workshop tomorrow. <laughs> and at the end of that workshop, every woman in the room was convincing me that I needed to um, start speaking and telling this story. And so I was able to do that. Because uh, another part of my background is in health education, so I'm so I'm used to um, educating rooms full of people, whether and a lot of times professionals like nurses and doctors and things of that nature. So I was able to kind of line up all of my prior experience in life to be able to put it into this, so that I could um, speak and coach and run programs. So was able to take, you know, the sum of all of my experience and turn into something really beautiful. Wow, wow. And I wanted to highlight that because a lot of times, again, we're, we're pushing the missions of these businesses or these organizations, but a lot of times we become leaders, but we become leaders in our own spaces. So you can see even in a season where um, it might have been tough, there was a season where you had to make adjustments that from there it birthed, you know, a, a, another, even like another avenue, another thing that you can now start building and creating. And it's interesting how that can happen um, in those seasons of transition in those seasons where things seem crazy, like that demotion probably was a benefit because now it allowed you or that even that season, you were able to learn tools and skills now that can help it help the masses. Um, so sometimes there are um, other doors that open when you go through these experiences that might seem a bit troubling, that might seem a bit hectic, but now on the other side, you can help other people. So now I want to get more into like thinking about what self-care is, because I think that I, I'm guilty. I used to think self-care was when you went and got your nails done, you got your feet done, you got a massage. So for you, when you think of self-care, what exactly, educate the people and let them know what is self-care? Like, what really is it? 
What a powerful part one of this episode. Oh my goodness. The reality is there's so many people that are dealing with burnout. There's so many leaders out there that are burnt out at home and on the outside. And it's so important that you take these stories in and take these tips in because you want to make sure that you are leading with self-care for self as well. And it's not just getting your nails done, getting a massage, going out for a walk, which is fine. It's so much more deeper than that. It's that mental, it's that physical and even that spiritual health. So make sure you tune in next week for part two of this episode. And I appreciate you guys tuning in and we'll see you next week. I got you. It's coming. Are you ready to ignite the fire? We are speak fire. Oh, and by the way, that's fire with a Y. What's going on, everyone? Internal fire. Student fire. Young fire. Father's fire. Leadership fire. Champion fire. (laughs) (laughs) Unlocking the fire within. Thank you all for tuning in. Let's grow. Speak fire. Speakfire.com. Speak fire with a Y. We have a new episode that comes out every Monday at 4 a.m. Are you going to be up with us? Deuces. I want to shout out all my faithful listeners for tuning in every week. And don't forget to follow me on social media at Miss Aisha Speaks on all platforms. That's M-S-A-I-S-H-A Speaks. And don't forget to like and subscribe. Turn your notifications on and leave a comment if this podcast has blessed you in any kind of way. I thank you for all your support. Many blessings to you.